Good to be with you, Stephen. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity to share the word of God with you. And uh, before we jump in, I, I want to uh, let you know I'm thankful. I, I just I'm so thankful for my family. Yeah. Uh, tonight I have my parents with me. Yeah. My wife, uh, my son, daughter-in-law, uh, son-in-law, and my grandson. And uh, I just we were together this morning as well. Ben had a, a preaching appointment, and we were all together this morning. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, over the years, I've seen so many preachers uh, have little or no support from the family. And uh, I'm thankful for my family, and uh, God has been so good. Yes. Um, thankful for that. I, I um, also want to mention that um, you know, these days, every church, I, I don't know how many of you have been to very many different places, but uh, every church has their own policy, right? So you never know how the seating is going to be, uh, the mask. Um, everybody does it differently, and um, you know, anytime you're, you're preaching or singing with a mask on, it's terribly difficult to do that. Um, and uh, here, uh, several weeks ago, I had an appointment. I had an appointment, and the kids, the group Uncommon, had a singing appointment at this one church, and the pastor. And he said, uh, I obey the congregation wears masks, but uh, now for you and the singer, it won't give you a face shield. And I said, okay, that, that sounds good. And so when I first put them on, I thought, oh, it's kind of awkward. Uh, but um, I actually like it really well. And I feel like that, um, you know, even if you're not hearing impaired, there are some of us that hearing impaired, the mask is, is it's a terrible thing. It's very difficult. But also, mask kind of takes away our personality, doesn't it? Yeah. And you can't tell a person is smiling or scowling behind the mask, right? <laughs> uh, so, um, so I mentioned it to, to Pastor Brad about having this thing to sure we had to wear it. Uh, so I trust that uh, it'll help. Uh, and that, you know, I believe there are some people who don't even attend church. Because they say, what to use? I can't hear anything. I can't get anything out of the service. And uh, I, I, my heart grieves. I, I understand that. I understand that fully. Tonight, the Lord led us to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Chapter 4. If you would stand for the reading of his word. And the Lord drew me to this thought that I want to share with you this evening. Um, Philippians chapter 4, there's so much there that I wanted to share so much. In fact, uh, these notes here have to do with some verses that I don't believe we're going to even go there. 
because there's just so much there I want to go with. But we're going to focus on exactly what the Lord has in mind and just see where it goes from there. And that's in verse 8, Philippians 4, verse 8. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Philippi, said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good and poor, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this privilege. And Father, we just thank you for the song of Zion. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony. We thank you, Father, for the privilege you give us to speak your word is saving, Lord. I pray that your word will go out and accomplish what you will. Lord, I ask, Lord, let it not be me. I have nothing to say, but Lord, let it be you. Let it be you to speak this evening. And Father, I pray that you receive the glory. Father, you know of your heart. You know what needed here this evening. Uh, Father, we trust you to, to have, that, that, that we hear what you have to say. Uh, Lord, we just thank you, for there is still power in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And amen. And may be seated. We'll uh, share with you this evening about things. That's the thought that we have this evening. Things. When I think about things, with the Lord's help, this is somehow going to tie into the message. I have here in my hand, and I, I realize that from where you're seated, you cannot tell what this is. We're going to attempt to explain to you what this is, and, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. What I have in my hand is a picture and some of you may recall, and some of you may still do this, uh, hidden pictures. And I can remember as a kid, uh, there was a, actually a magazine, a booklet called Highlights. Yeah. And um, I spent hours, you know, looking for the hidden pictures. And this particular picture that I have in my hand, it says, under the scarecrow's nose, and it says, can you find these things in the big picture? So the picture is a garden. In the garden is a scarecrow. And you see some plants in there. And you see a wall in the back of the garden. And you see a rabbit. And those are the things that kind of jump out at you in this picture. But around the outside of it, there are things, pictures. And it says here that there's a golf club in there. There's an ice cream cone. There are various things in this picture that we have to look for. Now, Lord willing, we'll get back to this in a little while to help tie this message together. 
As I look about and what's taking place today, there are just so many things that take place. Uh, there's so much that, uh, that calls us to look around, to grab the attention. And before we spend much time on this particular verse, as the Apostle Paul pointed out things to us, we want to go to a couple of stories in the scripture that come to mind. Because I want to say to you here this evening that when we think of things, I want to share with you a beware, a caution about things. The caution is this. Beware that thing can, one, be a destruction, and number two, can cause a loss of focus. A destruction and a loss of focus. One, one story that comes to mind randomly is Matthew chapter 1, and, and the part where we often refer to part of the Christmas story, and in that story, in Matthew chapter 1, we find that uh, Joseph is distraught. In that portion, it says there, now, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her public example, would mind to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, and we're going to stop there, while he thought on what, what are some of the things that could have been on Joseph's mind at this time? As I began to ponder on that, I began to think about uh, uh, this circumstance that Joseph was in, as he began to, uh, uh, he, he was focused on uh, marrying Mary. And, and I have no doubt that he was in love with her. I have no doubt that he had good plans. Uh, and uh, we know that uh, um, the Jews at this time, they were in their wedding, their marriage process, uh, simply put, was when a, when someone became engaged, they were legally bound, and so I, they did not have any intimate relation in that time period. In fact, it was not unusual they didn't see each other all or very little as he prepared a place for his bride. We know this. So here we are, they're in an engagement period. And so what could have been on Joseph's mind? I begin to think about this, uh, and I don't know about you, and see if we can relate to this, that, that at night we think about things and sometimes we can't sleep. The things that just go over and over in our mind. And in this case, uh, I can just hear in, in Joseph's mind uh, over and over him, uh, hearing the voice of Mary saying, Joseph, I'm pregnant. 
and maybe in his mind, even like an echo, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. And he begins to mull over in his mind, what am I going to do? What are we going to do as people find out that she's pregnant? Uh, and, 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 and he's trying to, the uh, way we would put it, to wrap his mind around, uh, as she spoke about this, this son of God and, uh, and, and that she's pregnant because of that. Uh, and this angel spoke to her and trying to just figure it all out, and uh, all he could think of it, I don't know about this son of God, God peace, uh, all I know is uh, that it has nothing to do with me, her being pregnant has nothing to do with me, and so the only way I can fix this is somehow break off this engagement, because I know that once it gets out in the community, it's going to be a stench in my family name, it's going to just tear them, everything apart, we wouldn't even be able to live in this community, and on and on and on it goes, because there's things on his mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can anybody relate? Yeah. Way and away at night trying to put all the pieces together. But in this circumstance, I, I see that, uh, uh, I see him, uh, part, of, part of what Joseph dealt with was hurt. And, and sometimes uh, when we're hurt, I, I, what I think anyway, that he, there was a hurt inside of him that, that how could, could Mary do this? And, and, and how, how is this possible that she would do this? In, in his life and in a, in, a, in a time that they're looking forward to life together. And when we're hurt, uh, we blame and we do all sorts of things trying to figure out. But I see Joseph here as he's a, as he's a man of God. I believe he's a man of prayer. I believe for that reason, that if you continue to read, and the angel showed up and said, look, once you understand what's happening, it's okay to go ahead and marry her. Yeah. Because this child in her is Emmanuel. Amen. If you continue to read, there's another situation that arises. And you find in chapter two. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, the king of Jews? But we have seen a star in the east, or come, and we've come to worship him. And when King Herod, the king, had he heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So now we have King Herod that when he heard these things well, what happens? Now keep in mind King Herod I believe was pretty comfortable at this time. Comfortable in the sense that he had control. Now he didn't have complete control. We know in history that he was more or less a puppet of Rome. But he was allowed to sit uh, in the palace in Jerusalem as king of the Jews 
He was allowed to be a physician. He was allowed to just as any king would, your heir is going to take the throne whenever you you leave this world. I have no doubt that King Herod had all these plans. He had riches. Uh, uh, he had plans. Uh, he had the palace to live in. And all of a sudden, one day, he's blindsided. Has anybody here been blindsided before? The most unexpected thing to happen in your life. He gets blindsided by this. But suddenly, he shows up in the palace. Not a peasant. He just show up and say, I'm looking for the king of the Jews. But what shows up in his palace were three wise men. They look pretty well to do. They look very rich. They're educated. They have a group of people with them and animals. They have riches with them. Uh, they got intention. And they say, where is this? Is born the king of the Jews. He was shaking, the word gets out in the city, they're shaking. Why is that? But there's a loss of control. Many times in our lives, we just feel a loss of control of what's taking place. He lost control. He felt like, that. oh no, now I've got to consider something. What do you mean? A, a baby had been born that's the king of the Jews. I'm the king here, and, and I've raised up a son here, but I have all these plans. What are you speaking of? And he brings in the Bible scholars, and they say, yes, there's one who will be born in Bethlehem. They point the wife in that direction and said, I was just sending my wife and I don't know what she's been to. And if we know this part of the story, they were warned and they never made it back in the palace. They never saw King Herod again. King Herod response to the things in his life, I no doubt he laid awake at night thinking about it well. Yeah. I just thought about these things. I, over and over and over, what am I going to do? And then when he reached the point, they realized they, they, they lied to me. They, they, they never came back. I can't allow that to happen. I can't allow anyone to rise up and take my throne. And there was a disastrous result. And he ordered every baby from years, two years old, down the infants. To be killed because of things. Wow. Yeah. The things that cause us the distraction and the, the focus, and it just, it just causes us to go down a path. I don't know how many times. I've heard people speak this. I've even thought myself in times in my life that I've ended up on a path like, how did I get here? Yeah. How did I get here? Because of things. And everything I knew that I lost my focus. What about you tonight?
There's a third example that comes to my mind. All these are a little different. When we think about things, the third one comes to mind is found in Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, is when Satan first appears to mankind. Now, at this point in the, in the passage in Genesis, Adam and Eve have a perfect life. Right. Living in paradise, everything provided for them. And we find that in scripture there that, that uh, one day something distracted her. It was the voice of Satan directing her from the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And as, as she was drawn to this, and if Satan uh, uh, tricks her, the scripture tells us that, that she saw that fruit and, and, and she desired it as it was good to eat, that would make one wise, it would be appealing to the eye. In other words, uh, uh, she had no, she wasn't even looking at that. She was fine with, with walking with him in the garden, uh, with what he had provided for them. Uh, there was no need to even begin to think about that tree what, that he had said to stay away from. Uh, but this particular day, uh, she was distracted and she became focused on that tree and on the fruit. And as you know, as a result, sin entered the human race. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And, and he, in this verse, verse 8, he's telling us the thing that that we need to think about, the things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, the things that are praiseworthy. Think on these things. In verse 9, he, he's telling us in so many words, as I have been an example to you. So in other words, the Father Paul was successful in what he was sharing with them. He was saying, do as I do, not as I say. I remember several years ago, I had a neighbor, and um, I was talking to him one day, and his son at that time was graduating from high school. And he would tell me that. He said, I tell my son all the time, now, you do as I say, not as I do. When this was a neighbor that... Um, he, he liked to sit and drink beer all the time, and he, and he used bad language, and, and he told me that, he told his son, now you just don't do what I, I do. I'm telling you, you don't need to do these things. That's a, that's a bad example. Right. <laughs> and the Apostle Paul here is saying, uh, I, I set the example for you. I want you to think on these things. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he had 
He had reason to complain, if you will. Uh, he had reason to be distracted. Uh, how many times uh, we, the scripture tells us how he had been beaten, uh, how he had been thrown into prison, how uh, he had been mistreated, uh, and how many times in life I uh, could have simply said, you know what, this is unfair. Yeah, right. But here, you see, brothers, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if it be virtue, if it be praise, think on these things. I believe a lot of times, have you ever heard of um, antonyms? You know what an antonym is? An antonym is a word that's the opposite. <laughs> As I begin to, to dwell on this passage right here, I thought, I wonder what the antonym is. I want to look at the verse and see kind of what it would sound like if it was an antonym. It would sound like something like this. If there's anything that's false, for they lies. Come on. Yeah. anything is unfair, anything that's corrupt, anything that's unpleasant, if there's bad reports, if there's criticism, think on those things. That's good. And you know what? Uh, uh, we spend a lot of time thinking on those things. Yeah. But a whole lot of things going on around us, uh, and we get all caught up. Uh, and I believe with all my heart uh, that. That if there's ever a time a church has been tested, that's today, uh, that we get caught up in things. Uh, uh, just uh, here recently, I heard a, a pastor uh, uh, share the testimony how he's frustrated uh, uh, in his church. Uh, how many times he had the battle? Uh, do we put chairs here? Do we put chairs there? Do we not put chairs out? Uh, uh, do we vote things off? Uh, uh, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? Uh, all these sort of things, he was frustrated with. What things do we focus on today? Think on these things, the Apostle Paul said. Think on these things. <laughs> In this picture that we showed you earlier, I thought, as I just glanced at this picture, these things that it says is in here, it, it doesn't jump out at me. So really what it does, is just like the things that we, in this world today, there's so much stuff, it's hard to focus on what they wanted to focus on. So it takes a little bit of time so not only focus on it, but I have to look at the key. It's okay, they what that saucepan looks like, and let's see if we can find the saucepan. Right. Well, this is what the toothbrush looks like, and see if I can find that toothbrush. And I focus, I zero in on it. I want you to say that they, they call this a key to this picture. I want to 
say to you that we need the truth of God. Yeah. That we need to we we need this key yeah. to show us the what we need to be looking for. That's good. Amen. That's good. Uh, we have we've been bombarded uh, with with news from the from the World Health Organization, uh, from the Republican Party, from the Democratic Party, and the list goes on and on. Uh, we were bombarded by this, but I say to you, uh, let's stay on the Word of God and allow Amen. Him to keep our focus where it needs to be. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes, amen. Uh, but my fear is this. There's a, another story that comes to mind. It's found in Luke chapter 24. And in this story, in Luke chapter 24, it speaks of two men. And they're leaving Jerusalem headed to a village called Emmaus. And on the way, they're having a conversation about things of the day. Yeah. And the scripture tells us that Jesus shows up in the midst. He shows up and he walks along with them and they do not recognize that he is Jesus. And Jesus makes a remark to them, and we're paraphrasing this. Jesus makes a remark to them, you all seem sad. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Just listening to you all talk, it's just so sad. Well, what is it? And then one of them says, are you a stranger here in these, these parts? Are you a foreigner or... Uh, do you not understand what's been taking place? And Jesus says, what things? <laughs> <laughs> and they begin to tell him, uh, and if, if it was in, the, in, in us today, it would be so, in a, in a way that it will come to my mind. Hey, um, have you not been looking at the headlines of the paper lately? Right. Have you not been watching Fox News and CNN? Have you not been watching that? Uh, uh, but for the past several days, uh, uh, there's this man, and, and, and we thought for sure he was the one that would redeem Israel. We thought for sure he was the son of God. Uh, there was no one that we've ever known that could speak in word or deed like this man. And now he... he the, the, the chief priest uh, and they took him to be crucified and he was placed in a tomb. Have you not heard this? And on top of that, if that isn't enough, uh, we got word this morning from some women and they have been in the tomb and he's not there. There are all kinds of things on our mind. And the scripture tells us that Jesus began sharing the scripture with them, starting with Moses. Yeah. And when they arrived at Emmaus, they invited him in to their house. And the scripture tells us that he broke bread, and he broke bread, and he blessed it, 
who disappeared from their midst. And they ruled on us. That was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we missed that. I'm afraid of church. We're missing them, Jesus. Oh. I, I believe that he's still in the midst. I believe he's still working. I have found him to be true. I have found him at a time the least expected. It may be in the middle of the night. It may be my death at work. And I just feel his presence. I know he's still here. Yeah, that's right. The world may be out of control, but he is still in control. Yeah. Amen, brother. You believe that tonight? Yeah. Amen. He's still in control. Amen. I thought of this when I was studying for this message. My father-in-law passed away nearly a year ago now. He made all kinds of these things. I have him in my office at home and uh, just a good reminder to me. And you know, for some people, this is about the sticks and just look like some kind of foreign language. But you have to focus and look at the right things. And you can see that the J E S U S. But we have to focus, have to eliminate the distractions, yeah. the things that don't matter, and to see. He's still in the midst. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I believe this is a message that uh, I, if I've heard it one time, I've heard it a hundred times. I work at a place called Service Station. In the past several months, like any other business, we've had uh, we've had uh, obstacles, and I don't know how many times I heard Becky Frampton say, "We just need to refocus our focus." As as we contemplate uh, uh, financial restraint changes, uh, safety measures, and and all these sort of things, we have to deal with. That we need to refocus our focus. Right. Maybe you tonight, personally, you need to refocus your focus. Right. You're having trouble with seeing who he is. Maybe at the church, you need to refocus your focus. Yeah. Because there's a thing that's taking place that causes you to be distracted. And from the distraction causing you to lose. Your focus. And do you realize that as we hear, uh, uh, we don't even uh, blink an eye anymore uh, of how many people have died from COVID and, and we, we see this on the news. Uh, uh, how many of them are lost? Uh, how many uh, uh, today are sick and afflicted and do not know Christ? Uh, have we reached out to them today? Uh, you think well, it's not possible? I say to you, if you want to do God's work, He will make a way. I don't care if it's your family member, your neighbor, uh, I don't care if your co worker, He will make a way. 
Because the gospel is still real today and needs to go forth. As we hear a song tonight, where to focus at? Bless you, Ray. I believe it so often with the concern of ourselves with, with so many things that I don't know about, I don't know about you. I personally sometimes I get mad at myself. I stop and think, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I, I'm missing the point here. I need to stop and say, Lord, you're in control here. Right. Yeah. I need you. I need to have my eyes upon you. Where's your eyes at today? Where's it at? And you know what? There's still power in an old fashioned altar. Amen, brother. Yes. Yeah. They'll still meet you here. I know I'll meet you anywhere. But as we stand, as we're standing, we invite you to come. If you don't know him as a personal Savior, you can know him today. You can know him today. He is your answer. He needs to be your focus. I understand. I understand.